Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast, where you get to learn how to become a professional life coach and start an online coaching business from scratch. I'm your host, Krista Kathleen, a professional certified coach and spiritual business mentor. In 2016, I got divorced and left my full-time job as a registered nurse and decided to bravely answer my calling of becoming a life coach so I could help to change lives as I traveled around the world. And now I wanna help you discover your purpose too. Having the freedom and flexibility to be your own boss and make as much money as you want right from your laptop will be one of the best gifts you ever give to yourself, your family, and the world. In these episodes, I'll give you real coaching combined with proven strategies and spiritual practices in order to help build your dream coaching business that feels perfect for you. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Build Your Life Coaching Biz podcast. I have a very special guest here with us today, Sarah Waldbuser, and she is in St. Louis with me, which is really exciting because when I hired her to help me get my trademark up and running, I did not know that we both lived in the same city. So uh, that was a little treat, but I want to introduce you all to Sarah and read her bio on her website so you know who she is, and then we're going to get into all the things today around trademarks and um, just how to legally get started with building a life coaching business as well. Uh, so Sarah Waldbuser is an attorney, is an attorney for coaches and online entrepreneurs. After several years at a law firm and a few career jumps, she ended up falling in love with online business and loves helping entrepreneurs achieve their dreams in a smart and protected way. When not at her computer, she loves hanging with her family, having wine with friends, flying around the globe, and connecting with other online business owners. She was an editor of the St. Louis University Law Journal and has published articles in various publications, including the Huffington Post, American Journal of Public Health, and St. Louis University Law Journal. Sarah has a degree in political science from Emory University, a master's in public health from George Washington University, and a law degree from St. Louis University School of Law. And also one of my favorite things about Sarah as well, that she adores and loves traveling just as much as I do. And I love yeah. that that is in the name of your business, which is Destination Legal. Yes, thank you. I, you know, I don't often hear my full like formal bio, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I did. I did write for a law journal once, but uh, we need to actually meet one of these days. That's Since right. We're so close. Yeah. Yes, yes, that would be wonderful. I know we've talked about doing some networking events yeah. around here in St. Louis. So that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Sarah, I originally met you through Lacey Sites. Um, she's an online coach that I trust and value dearly. And so when I went into her Facebook group and I said, Hey guys, I'm thinking about um, trademarking my life coach certification program, like who should I go through? And and so many people had recommended you. I think Julia Wells had as well. So um, I'm so grateful for the connection. And so I want to hear more about you and your story and and how you decided to start your own business and, and helping online coaches and entrepreneurs with trademarks and, and getting the legal side set up with their businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, my my entrepreneur journey did not begin with uh, wanting to do legal. It was really 
the last uh, place that I wanted to be because I didn't really love being a lawyer. You know, I worked in Washington, D.C. for many years and never really loved the, the law firm life. I pretty quickly knew it wasn't for me, which is why I eventually went back for my master's in public health and ended up working at a university in a think tank. And I was always after travel. Travel and freedom are, you know, big core values for me and really important. And, you know, I ended up working in international health law for a while and got to travel all over the world and to the Middle East and Africa and Asia. And it was wonderful. But traveling for work like that is not the same as traveling for fun, right? Yes, you get to to go see places, but you spend 75% of the time in a hotel conference room. And so almost, you know, it's been about over a decade now, there became a point where I was had a moment of just like, I'm living in DC, I have amazing friends, I have my quote unquote dream job, and I'm just not happy. I'm just not happy. And I had friends just telling me like, you know, just look at work as like your nine to five. It's just what you do. It's not a big deal and get your fulfillment from everywhere else. And I was like, this is 40 to 50 hours a week of my life. Like I wanna actually enjoy it. Um, so I started searching online, like travel and work, work while you travel. And I was looking for things besides being a travel agent or like an airline stewardess, right? Like what else is there? Or teaching English abroad. Like those seem to be the three main things. I came across this podcast by two guys who were running an online business from Bali. And this was back in 2012 when this was just really not a thing yet, right? Like the word digital nomad had, you know, who knew what that was? I started listening to this podcast every day to and from my walk to work in DC. And it was so inspiring. And I started hearing all these stories of businesses building e-commerce stores and SaaS products and being service providers. And, you know, about six to eight months into this, then into next year, 2013 now, I think it was, um, they offered a two-week workshop in the Philippines, a tropical island in the Philippines, on how to start your online business. And the promise was by the end of two weeks, you would have a business, you'd have a website that they helped you build, and you would be up and running. And I decided to go for it. I cashed in my 401k, I quit my job, and I went to this island in the Philippines, much to my parents' chagrin, um, and started my first online business, which was called The Bootstrap Lawyer. And it was very masculine. I had no idea what I was doing. This was a time when online attorneys, virtual law firms were just, just beginning. There were maybe, you know, two to five people that were doing this. And I did get a few clients, but I really wasn't into it. I was like, this is no fun. So I spent the next two or so years being a digital nomad. I started an e-commerce store. I was doing drop shipping. I was doing consulting for, you know, another e-commerce store. I was doing all this stuff. Um, the whole time I was living in Thailand and Vietnam at the time, once people found out I was an attorney, I kept getting questions. What's a privacy policy? Do I need a contract for this? Can you review this contract? What are terms of purchase? And eventually, the more online business owners I met, the more coaches I started to meet because I, you know, found my first life coach and then I found some health coaches and business coaches and it just opened my world. And, you know, I started doing coaching programs and things like that to try to figure out my life at this point. And I just kept getting all of these these questions. So 
one day, um, you know, when I first started out, I was actually trying to do a combo of like business and legal, like business coaching and legal, but everyone was just coming to me for the legal. So there was a really down point. I was living back in the States by this point and couldn't pay my rent and had to go to my parents. And my dad was like, you need to get a job. He started sending me law firms in Chicago, which is where I was living. And I like brushed up my resume. And as I was doing that, I was just like, I cannot go back to a nine to five at this point. I had been traveling and kind of free for almost three or four years at that point. And so I just had a moment and I was like, okay, if it's between going to work at a law firm or like having my own business doing legal and actually helping business owners that really need it, that are really confused by legal jargon and legalese and contracts, like I can help them. And so I decided to just go all in with the legal and, you know, within six to seven months, it had my first 10K month of my business and it just grew from there. And so that's kind of how Destination Legal was born as the destination for coaches and online business owners on the internet. But as you said, I also love travel. And so just trying to bring in more of me and making legal fun along the journey of business. Wow. What an incredible story. I had no idea that all that was there. And I, I thank you for being so vulnerable and, and raw and just sharing that. And it, it does remind me a lot of my journey in the beginning too, with trying to figure out how to transition from nursing to coaching. And, you know, it's, um, it's messy and it's, uh, you take a couple steps forward and then 10 steps backwards. And it's, it really is a journey. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's just really inspiring to hear too that, you know, you got your college degree and you were like, you know, I, I don't enjoy this and I need to figure out something else out to, you know, better serve me and to create the life that I want to have on my own terms with the freedom and the travel. And um, so that's really inspiring to hear that there is that possibility that you don't have to completely throw away your college degree and that you can get creative and you can think outside the box and you can turn it into this empire that you have now and um yeah and I also yeah and yeah, go ahead well I was gonna say you know for some of us like you know in the legal financial accounting bookkeepers you know people that maybe aren't doing the most sexy like for me I still don't think privacy policies are sexy like but I think what legal can do for you is sexy and I love helping people protect their businesses. So one of my trademarks is protect your passion because so many of my customers in the template shop and trademark clients are building these passion-based businesses like you, like your clients. And so I, I look at it from the more women out there doing things that they love, building businesses, being fulfilled and happy, the better we all are. So if I can help them do that in a safe and protected way, like that is what really fulfills me, not like here, let's talk about terms of service, which we will, and they are really important, but it's really, I like to think of the bigger picture and the ripple effect that that's having on the industry. Definitely, yeah, there's unsexy parts in every business. Um, I, yeah, I have those in mind as well, but I love what you said. Just like think of the bigger picture. And I love that phrase to protect your passion. Like that's, I'm so glad that you trademarked that. Obviously yeah. you would have thought about that. <laughs> yeah. That's a really great. Thing. 
really great that was that was my first trademark actually even before destination legal which as we dive into trademarks we can talk about when to trademark and why and like to me that was so important it was even more important than destination legal that i capture that and um it's funny because the other people that use protect your passion are fishermen and gun owners Um, but I'm not too worried about them, right? I have had other attorneys try to start to use Protect Your Passion. Unfortunately, I own the trademark, and so I'm able to stop that. That's right. One of the benefits of trademarking a name, mm-hmm. which I know we will talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, starting to go into that, like, when is the right time to get something trademarked in your business? Yeah. So, you know, a trademark is an amazing business asset, right? It allows you to own your brand. It allows you to use a word or phrase for goods or services that you're selling and to keep others within your industry from using it. So uh, trademarks are tied to 46 classes of goods and services. So typically online business owners and coaches are working in the education class. It covers coaching and courses and podcasts and blogs and things like that. Um, but you could have a competing mark in another class. So for example, we have Dove Chocolate and we have Dove Soap. But the whole point of a trademark is to distinguish who's selling it. So if I said, I had an amazing piece of Dove after lunch today, you know, hopefully, that I'm talking about chocolate and that I didn't eat a bar of soap after lunch, right? Like, we know if I was holding a cup right now with a green circle that I had Starbucks and not Dunkin' Donuts. You know, if I'm talking about, I just enrolled in B-School, I'm probably talking about Marie Forleo, right? And so these trademarks help us know who is putting something out into the world. And, you know, you can trademark anytime even before you're selling something. So there's actually two types of applications. One is that you're using something now in commerce, meaning you're selling it. The other is that you're intending to use it. So Amazon has something like over 900 trademarks. A lot of them, they're just reserving the name for future use. And so if there's a name that you're building a business around, you might not be ready to launch it yet, but you wanna make sure that you own the name and nobody else can use it. Um, you might do an intent to use because having a trademark is like building a house on land that you own. If you don't have the trademark, you're building your business on rented land, land that could be taken away because somebody else could get the trademark. And so in terms of timing, I like to use something called the gut punch test. So if you're thinking about your business name or your brand name or a signature course or a podcast or something you want to sell, thinking about the name, maybe you're using it, maybe you're not. If you got a cease and desist letter in the mail tomorrow saying you had to stop and rebrand within the next 10 days, how would you feel? If you get like a gut punch, you know, like that punch when you might get a giant tax bill you weren't expecting or, you know, you just saw your boyfriend with somebody else. Like if you get this, like just not in your stomach, it's time to trademark. If you're like, oh, not a big deal. I'm not that attached to it anyway, then not. So, you know, I trademarking really is more emotional than logical, actually. Sure. I really like that, the gut punch test. And yeah, as you asked that question, I, I felt that as I thought about with my coach training program of like, oh my God, like I put so much work into it and I couldn't imagine within like 10 days of having to change everything and rebrand and rename and um, so yeah, that's, I really love that question. 
And for me, you know, obviously I decided to reach out and, and hire you more than a year ago because I was ready to get my name trademarked. And we can talk more about the story because, you know, there was a, a few things that didn't go as planned there that I feel like everyone should know that's listening to this. Um, but one of the reasons that I decided to get go ahead and get something trademarked was I wanted to feel really legit and official and as I was talking about my coach training program, you know, I wanted to have that little R symbol behind the name. And I wanted, you know, I wanted people to like, take me seriously. And, and when I see other programs that, you know, not necessarily with the TM, because I know that anyone can put that up at any time, but with the little R symbol, which means the trademarks registered, like, I'm like, oh, wow, this person really believes in their product or service. And they went to great lengths to take this name and claim it as their own. And so it just, it makes things feel more legit and professional for me when I see that with other names. And so I wanted that same energy and intention behind my program name as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, similar to how when you get your LLC or, you know, there's like steps in business that do just make you feel more legitimate, more professional, and your clients see that as well. You can you can bet they do. And, you know, when I look at Amy Porterfield and her eight trademarks, right, like she's taking her business very seriously. And, you know, trademarks are important because if you ever have any even like an inkling that you might sell your business or sell a part of your business a certification or something like that it really needs to be trademarked like that someone's not going to buy a program that where that intellectual property isn't protected so it's definitely a step in business and it can be addicting right so you know i have clients that are on their fifth sixth seventh trademarks um, once you get the power of the R, you're like, Ooh, what else can I trademark? I like that. The power of the R that was actually going to be one of my questions is what would you say is the average amount of trademarks that, um, business owners have, or at least business owners that you work with. And, uh, I do remember, I think you sent an email out saying like Tom Brady has like 90 of these or, uh, so like, I guess my question to add to that is what is the most trademarks that you've ever seen maybe one person or, or brand or company own too? Yeah. So, you know, the Kardashians have over 700 between them, right? I think Kim may have like 200. That's not the average, of course. Um, for me, I would say I've definitely have clients that have done seven or eight on the higher span, I would definitely say average is like two to four, right? I have a lot of clients that get one and then they come back for, for two or three. I have clients that maybe waited a, li a little bit too long and they're like, I need these three or four right now to, to get started because the date of filing the application kind of starts your legal protection if somebody else came in. I do have one client these days, she's so funny, she is addicted. And she'll be like, okay, so we have this one. I want to ask. And then like three weeks later, I think I want to add this. And three weeks later, I want to add this. So I would say for, you know, I work with a lot of um, six and seven figure business owners. They're at that level in their business where they're really thinking about brand protection and building those brand assets. And I would say the two to two to four range is pretty standard there. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I've definitely been playing around with, you know, what's something else that I can trademark in my business. It does kind of feel like tattoos, like 
once you get one, you're like, man, it, it does. One. Yeah. And, you know, it is a commitment. It is an investment. So you want to be sure. And sometimes, you know, I actually just got an email this morning of, of a client whose trademark is finalized and she's not using it anymore. You know, it, she pivoted her business within the last year. It takes a year to do right. And she's changed it and she's probably not going to end up using it. And that happens as well. It's rarer that someone does that, but, but certainly it can happen. Um, it is kind of like a tattoo. You can have a trademark for life. As long as you keep up with your filing fees and that you're still selling the products, it's something that you can own forever. Yeah, absolutely. So what are all the things that you can get trademarked in your business? Like, obviously you could do your, your website name or your LLC name or your program name, like kind of what are some other creative ways that you can use trademarks in your business? Yeah, absolutely. Basically the only requirement is that you're selling something kind of under the umbrella of the name. So um, podcast names, because you can sell advertising, uh, retreat names, names of mastermind or signature coaching programs, courses. Uh, you can trademark um, a series of books. So something interesting, you can't trademark the title of a single book, but you can trademark a series of books. Um, people trademark if you're selling any physical goods or products, right? So that's very common kind of in the real world, right? So any anything you see, from a, you know, a big business probably is trademarked, whether it's coffee or shoes or clothes or hats or tables or whatever. Um, but in the online space, what I typically see are business names, um, coaching program names, online course names, retreat names, mastermind programs names, podcast, blogs, um, you know, workshops, things like that, virtual summits, those types of events are, are typically what I would see. You know, you can't trademark like the name of your Facebook group because that's not really something that you're selling or selling under or not supposed to anyway. And so, um, yeah. Can you trademark your own personal name? So sometimes it depends how unique your name is. So, uh, you know, Tony Robbins can trademark his name. Oprah can trademark her name, but like Sarah Smith, couldn't trademark her name because it's too common. Maybe if Sarah Smith grows a brand and has millions of followers and has gained that, she could. So what I often do for clients, I do have clients that have trademarked their first name in conjunction with their brand. So for example, one of my clients is a health coach. Her brand is strong with Sarah. You know, another one of my clients is a business coach and her brand is Rita made me do it. And so those are first names. I also have clients that might have um, a mastermind and it'll be like the whatever mastermind by Sabrina or the whatever mastermind by Kelly. Um, and so you can do it under certain circumstances, but if it's, if it's just your name, it's kind of unique, you don't really need to worry about it, right? Because the whole point of having a trademark and naming something is it's so somebody else can't, right? And so I don't know how many life coaches are out there named Krista Kathleen, if that's of concern, right? Um, but typically those working within these industries using their names, you're gonna be okay. Okay, that's good to know. 
Yeah, I always have my coaching students there. We're just moving into semester two and we're doing the whole business side of things now with getting our coaching business set up. And a big thing is like, yeah, what do I need my business? And uh, so I feel like I can guide them a little bit more now too, based off our conversation today. So this has already been very helpful. And so I also know that people can file their own trademarks and when I was deciding if I was going to hire you or not, I think a couple of people had said like, yeah, you can do it yourself. And my personal rule in my business is if I like don't know anything about it, the first time I'm always going to hire an expert to help me. And then maybe like the second time or third time when I start to do it myself, like when I wrote my, um, my book beyond the white picket fence, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to try to figure this out myself. I'm hiring an editor and ghostwriter. So that's just my personal rule. So it was it was a fairly easy decision for me that I was like, I'm going to go to a trademark attorney because I don't know anything about this. I don't want to like miss anything or waste money or time. Um, but so like kind of what are some of the pros and cons of filing your own trademark versus like working with you as a trademark attorney? Yeah, you know, there's a there's a story that people talk about, like, you know, the the contractor that comes to your house to fix your deck costs five hundred dollars and all he did was come and hammer one nail. And it's like you're not paying him to hammer the nail. You're paying for the knowledge to know which nail to hammer. And it's similar with trademarking, right? Or or anything, like you said, that you're not an expert in. I'm not going to, I'm personally not going to fix my own plumbing or fix my toilet or, you know, give myself a root canal. Like there are things that people just know better and it's safer to do. So, you know, the big pro of going with a trademark attorney is that we know what we're doing. There are, you know, as I said, there's over 45 different classes of goods or services. You have to know which one to pick. There's a way that you have to describe your goods and services that you have to know how to do that or else USPTO, the trademark office, will come back with questions. You have to submit a specimen in the right way. Um, You have to submit the application. So there's just a lot of things that you need to do. And someone just coming and walking off the street, I mean, you know, could probably figure it out. A lot of people do. They might spend a few hours Googling, things like that. But the truth is, you know, over 50 to 60% of people that try on their own fail and they might have not had to fail. So often what will happen is someone will do the trademark on their own and they'll get an office action back from the examining attorney and then they'll just abandon it. They'll just run for the hills because an office action is very legal. There's legal case law in there and you have to know that you have to know legal case law to respond to it. And so they'll just abandon it. Whereas if they had a trademark attorney, it could have been a fairly easy thing to resolve. Sometimes there is just an issue with how it was described or how your specimen is. If it's a bigger thing of there's a likelihood of confusion with another mark that's pending or registered, you definitely need an attorney to respond to that, which you could hire at that point. I've had so many people try through LegalZoom, you know, try on their own and come to me to, you know, for lack of a better word, like clean up the mess, right? So the pros are just knowing that it's taken care of, it's being handled, that you have a professional, you know, the con is cost, right? So the pro of doing yourself is you're saving money, but you're certainly not saving time and energy. And in the end, you could end up spending more or you could lose out on a mark that you otherwise would have gotten. Definitely. 
Well, like I said, in the beginning, I was already convinced that, you know, new business owners would need to work with a trademark attorney to get something like this started. Um, but now I'm even more convinced after. Yeah. And it. make sure it's a trademark attorney because I have people that have tried their cousin who's a real estate attorney to have them file it. And then they come to me with this application. It's just like, just because someone is a lawyer doesn't mean they know trademark law. I wouldn't know the first thing about, you know, family law or doing a real estate closing, right? These are all very different things. And so you do want to make sure that it's someone that has experience in IP. That's a very good point. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what are some of the negative consequences that happens or that you've seen when someone doesn't file a trademark and they're really attached to the name they chose for their business or their program. Yeah. So there's a couple, there's a couple things that happen. One is um, somebody builds a big brand or signature program around a name. They're running it for six months, a year, a year and a half, and they don't trademark it and somebody else does. And then that trademark owner comes in and sends them a cease and desist letter and they have to completely rebrand. There's no choice. You don't, you don't get an option here. It's something that you have to do. Um, worse than that, someone could file a trademark, trademark infringement claim. Not only would you have to rebrand, but you could have to actually pay them money because you were using their trademark. It's more rare, but it certainly does happen. So that's, you know, that's kind of the worst case scenario that you've already built a brand. You have an audience that knows you under this name and you have to go and change all of that. The other one is where people might just be starting out and, um, have a name and haven't trademarked it and and don't and then um again like down the road someone just comes and and starts using it and then they trademark so i would say the biggest thing is just emotional you know emotionally you are gonna lose your name and worse you're gonna have to spend money to rebrand it because as long as you don't own it there's always the chance that somebody else could so the other thing is just if someone doesn't do the research so i always suggest whether you're trademarking right away or not when you're first going to name a brand or program or something just google it see who see what comes up see who else is using it um look on social media just do a little bit of due diligence and if something comes up that's like someone in your industry is using it and you see the r you shouldn't because if you go ahead and start and end up with a cease and desist you really have no one to blame but yourself there's also a free search engine at uspto.gov that you can search and just see you know if there are any registered or pending trademarks currently for that so I do have a, a question for you about my book. So I wrote a book called Beyond the White Picket Fence, and there I didn't I didn't Google it um, before, and I should have. But so I ended up using the name, and there are two to three other Beyond the White Picket Fence books on Amazon. But like I heard you say, like they're not a series, so I guess you can't technically trademark it. But let's say that I did decide to write two or three more books and and create this series and and trademark that that phrase, then you're saying that I would have, even though that these people publish their books before me, like I could technically send them a cease and desist after that and they'd have to change the name of their books. Correct. So if you had like an overarching series called Beyond the White Picket Fence, 
volume one or beyond the white picket fence my story and beyond the white picket fence her story or something like that yes and you got that trademarked for a series of books then you could send a cease and desist like think about it you know harry potter is trademarked for a series of books if someone else decided to write harry potter into the wind like they that that wouldn't be okay right they would get a cease and desist okay that is something i love it's powerful it is it does feel powerful it does yeah yeah interesting um okay my next question for you is you know why does this process take so long like i remember when i first hired you i think it was spring of uh 2022 and i was thinking like just maybe a couple months and then we'd be good to go and it took like over a year and I think you had told me that, but I was just, I just did not expect that this process takes so long to get a name trademark. So yeah, if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. And it didn't used to. Okay. So pre-COVID, uh, it, you did have marks without issues that could get through within six to eight months, like pretty quickly. Um, post-COVID, it is taking a year or more, even for simple marks. And I think there's two reasons why. One is, I think they probably have less examining attorneys. Each trademark application is reviewed by a real live examining attorney who reviews it, looks at other trademarks, decides all of that. Um, And I think they probably have a shortage. And two, the number of trademarks being filed has doubled in the last five years. And so they just have way more to go through. The reason for that is I think people are waking up to the power of trademarks and there are more business owners, right? Like with COVID, with the online space, the coaching industry growing, 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 people are realizing the importance of having a trademark. And so there's just more of them, but there's still not any more examining attorneys. And so it's really just slowing things down. But as I said, like, even though it takes a long time, the good news is the date that you submit your application starts your legal protection, meaning if you submit yours today, I submit mine tomorrow, USPTO won't even look at mine until yours is processed. So that date of, of the application does serve and, and is important. Good to know. And I know that we wanted to talk a little bit more about what my process was like working with you. And we had a little bit of... Um, I don't know if you'd call it a pitfall or what you call it, but so I originally brought to you my brand name, build your life coaching biz. And I think you had given me the feedback that, that, that most likely wouldn't go through. Cause maybe it was like a little bit too generic or uh, you can descriptive. Yeah. Descriptive. Yeah. And I remember just being like heartbroken and like for a couple of days, I was, I was really sad. And I was like, I just, I don't, know how I'm going to find a different name. I I've been using that name for so long. And I remember like you gave me the advice that sometimes this happens, but then an even better name is out there and on the other side of it. And I was able to come up with, you know, the different name born to coach. And I actually love that name so much better. And so yeah. I'm really glad it actually happened, even though it was heartbreaking. Um, I, I love, I love the name so much. And I'm so glad like you challenged me to continue to think and and so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like with like my journey with getting born to coach trademarked, what, what did you want to speak around or, or share about that with the audience? 
Yeah. So part of what we do, and again, this is a good reason to work with a trademark attorney, is that prior to filing, we go through a really comprehensive search of other pending or registered trademarks to make sure there's no likelihood of confusion. Because if there is, the the trademark office will have a problem with it and that's when it things get very complicated but what we also do is like just think about the name in general and so trademarks will not be approved if they're merely descriptive of the service you're offering so for example apple if you're selling apples you can't call your store apple but if you're selling computers you can call your store apple if you are you know have your business it's called you know helping people lose weight or build your life coaching biz it is describing exactly what you're offering and so the the trademark office will say that's just too descriptive of the services and too generic to really claim a trademark the best trademarks are those that are unique that you know are um words that maybe you won't wouldn't think about like amazon or you know, Dubsado or new words or things like that. And those that, that aren't just describing. And so the big reason with yours was because it was merely descriptive that we wanted to go back and think, okay, like, how can we make this more unique? And I love born to coach too. Like, I think that sometimes this happens for a reason. And, you know, I have had clients where their name is taken or something too close to it is taken and they do have to go back to the drawing board. And often it can be, it can be a good process to go through as you're building your brand. Mm -hmm. It was, it really was. And I, yeah, I just, like I said, I love it and I'm so proud of it. And I remember um, one of my students in my last class, when they saw that I was changing the academy to that name, she like, she teared up and she was like, got emotional. And she's like, it's such a powerful and beautiful name. And um, the way I got it was I hear so many coaches say, like, I feel like I was born to do this work. And yeah. so I was like, yeah, I want people who feel like they were born to coach to train my academy. Love that. That's where it came from. Yeah, I think you have... Do you have to leave soon, Sarah? Do you have another? No, that call got canceled. So we're okay. Going. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I was going to wrap up, but um, yeah. if we have some time to go through some of the, the other legal stuff, I think that would be super helpful for our listeners. Is there, well, before we switch gears, is there anything else that you feel like we need to go over or discuss about trademark? No, I feel like we, we cover the bases and, you know, only if, if you're thinking about it or you got the gut punch while listening to this, then uh, reach out to Destination Legal. Yeah. And that was going to be my question is, you know, someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm ready. I want to trademark something. I want to hire Sarah. Like, what does that, that process look like? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, all of the details are at destinationlegal.com, but basically how we work together is once you sign on, you get a questionnaire where we ask you questions about your business, about your trademark, how are you selling, when did you start selling and things like that. And then we go and do our search and I have a great paralegal that works with me. And then we issue what is called a legal opinion letter on your chances of trademark success. So a trademark is never guaranteed, but it's always our goal to make sure we're walking into it with all eyes open. So we actually rate things on a, a stoplight scale of red, yellow, and green. If you got a green, great. This is probably gonna be a good, easy process. Yellow, maybe there's some pending marks that could be an issue, but we think we have some great arguments. 
Um, and a red is like, we're not doing this, there's no chance, right? Because I'm not going to file the application if I know you're not going to get it, which is with you, it was like, build your life coaching biz, this is a red, we're not doing it. And a yellow, it's really up to the business owners because filing a trademark again is a risk, it's an investment, we don't know what's going to happen, but some business owners are like, I want to go for it, I love this brand name so much, like, I just want to try. And they're willing to do that, right? Any business investment is always a little bit of a risk, right? Um, and so it's just my job to do what I can to, to give us the best shot. Um, most of the time we get it through, but sometimes we don't. And that hurts me sometimes more than my clients because I, I am an empath and so I feel it. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's basically how the process works. And any questions, always feel free to reach out to me um usually on instagram at destination legal and my dms is a is a quick and easy way i love knowing that you're an empath uh, i just think the the legal side of things can feel really scary and intimidating and so just knowing that like you're a woman you're a mom you're an empath sounds like you've worked with coaches as well like that just felt for me i felt really safe and comfortable talking to you and reaching out and hiring you. Um, Cause yeah, this legal stuff can be really overwhelming and, and terrifying. <laughs> to be yeah, it, it can. And you know, the motto on my website is like legal made easy. Like it's my goal to make it easy for you and to make it less scary because it, it is something that is important and it is something that stops people from moving forward. And that's like the last thing that we want, right? Cause again, we want more people out there building amazing businesses and doing what they love. Definitely. So yeah, I think this is a good segue into someone who is a brand new business owner, or maybe they don't have to be brand new, but just maybe they haven't done anything legal protection wise with their business yet. Like what someone who has not looked into this yet, uh, what do you think a newbie needs to know in terms of getting started with legal protection for their business? Yeah. So really the most important thing, and I get this all the time, is whether you're, you know, a coach, a service provider, someone working one-on-one, -on -one, the most important thing is your contract. That is your legal foundation. It's, you know, it's the most important thing that can protect you. You know, you don't necessarily need your LLC yet. Like you don't need to worry about having a website yet. If you're just starting out, like a way to get paid and your contract are literally the only two things that you need. And your coaching contract is so important because not only does it protect your business, your sales, your money, but it also creates really important expectations and boundaries with your client. What are you offering? How many sessions? How long is each session? What if they miss a session? When are you on Voxer? How long is it gonna take you to respond to email? Like just clarifying a lot of these expectations can really help make the coaching relationship go more smoothly. So not only is it for you, but it's also for your clients. So really that's the number one thing that you need. And then as your business grows, legal is like a toolbox. Like as your business grows, you're going to be adding more things into your toolbox. So once you do have a website, you need your website terms of service and a privacy policy is legally required as well. And those just go in the footer and they protect your website and they protect the people visiting your website. 
as you grow, you might expand into a membership or a group program or something like that. And then you need terms of purchase and terms of purchase are similar to your one-on-one -on -one contract, but they can be agreed to online. So if you're selling a course or a group program where hopefully you're getting dozens and hundreds of people signed up, you don't wanna to have to send everyone for a signature. They're just agreeing at the point of checkout. And then when you're hiring team, you wanna make sure to have an independent contractor contract if you're hosting a retreat, a retreat contract. So, you know, you don't need to worry about all of that now. Um, you just have to think as you grow, you're gonna to need to grow your legal. And um, what's nice about that is it doesn't have to be super overwhelming. So at Destination Legal, we have a coach's legal checklist, which kind of outlines the initial things that that you will wanna think about as you get started and then as you grow. A good rule of thumb is anytime that you are paying somebody or being paid, you wanna have some sort of written agreement or terms in place. That was gonna be my question for you because I get that asked all the time. It's because you know, there's a lot of generic templates out there that you can get online. So the question is always like, when is it time to like purchase a, attorney uh, review contract or to have an, an attorney like look at your contract that you're currently using so yeah you know there are a lot of free things out there the problem is like you don't know what you don't know so you don't know if it's good or not right it might look good or you know but you're just never sure and you know you might think oh i can just borrow this from my coach or i found this from my friend Besides that being copyright infringement, you don't want to do that. Again, you don't know if it's going to suit your business. And what's so nice these days is you don't have to go to a big law firm and pay $5,000 and you don't have to go, you know, try to piece it together yourself. There are, there are online template shops that exist now where you can get a attorney drafted contract for your business, right? So we have for coaches and we have for health coaches because health coaches have some different disclaimers and waivers required from let's say a business coach or a life coach. And I think just, you know, legal is something where it's it will help you sleep better at night and it will make you feel more confident if you do it right. And so what you don't wanna do is piece it together and then still not be sleeping better at night because you're like, well, I think this is okay. I'm not sure, you know, and, it's just one of the upfronts investments. And luckily these days, it's only a couple hundred bucks. Whereas had you started a business, you know, 20 years ago, it would have been a, a different story. Yeah, I do appreciate that about your offerings that on your website, you have all these different types of contracts for yeah, retreats, digital courses, memberships, one-to-one -one coaching, um, independent contractors. I've already purchased some of your templates and it's been insanely helpful and um, it, like you said, you legal made easy. So I really appreciate that you thought ahead and you realize like, here's a gap in this industry. And then I'm going to create these. Thank contracts. you. Yeah. And it's been a process for me too. You know, seven years ago when I started destination legal, no one was using support coaches. I didn't have a support coach contract. It didn't exist. And then over the years, more and more people were like, 
do you have this? And so for a while I was doing them custom and then eventually I created the template for it. And now it's on the website and a lot of more people are using support coaches. You know, after COVID, we updated our retreat contract and sent out an updated version to all of our customers. So we're, we're in this with you as the industry grows and changes. And if I get enough requests for something, then I do my best to, to make it available. I love that. And I love that you brought up the support coaches contract. I'm actually going to get ready to purchase that because I'm going to be um, hiring on my first support coach to help um, coach my coach training clients. And so, yeah, I want to be able to have a sound contract and lay out all the terms and conditions in there. So I'm really grateful that you created that. Awesome. Exciting. Yeah. Um, cool. Anything else that you feel like is important for our audience to know that's just getting started out with wanting to legally protect their business? Yeah. I mean, I think the main message illegal is kind of a mindset thing, right? Like don't let it scare you. I know it can be a little bit overwhelming. Just take it one step at a time. And we have a lot of resources. So, you know, we have a $27 product called happy hour, your LLC that shows you how to file your LLC in one hour. That isn't something you need to hire an attorney for go to legal zoom for that's something you can do on your own. And, you know, we have a blog that has a ton of information. Again, it's my goal just to make it less scary. Um, but if you take away one thing from today, it's just, you know, get your contract in place first and foremost. And then obviously as you grow, trademarking and protecting your IP is really important as well. Perfect. I think that's a great starting point for any coach who's listening to this episode today. And hopefully, yeah, it makes it feel less overwhelming and not as scary to get started. Absolutely. And we're going to have that coach's legal checklist at destinationlegal.com forward slash Krista. So anyone from your audience that's listening today can just go grab that and it just lists the four most important things to think about probably within your first year. That's so great. I love a good checklist and just keeping everything organized in one place. Yeah. Perfect. Um, well, anything else that you want to add before we wrap up, Sarah? I don't think so. Come follow Destination Legal on Instagram. We put a lot of fun stuff, uh, fun for me, you know, maybe not as fun for you, but educational for you, which is important. And then I share, you know, some travel pics, some, some baby pics and things like that. I love that, that you mix your personal life in with the business side too, which I think is important. Yeah. It just creates that, that trust right from the start too. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This has been amazing. And um, I'm going to keep sending anyone to you that, you know, any coaches or online business owners that are looking for, you know, attorney drafted contracts or um, terms and services or, or anything, you know, legal wise with their business. I'm going to keep sending them to you because I feel like you're the best and I've used all of your services and products and I'm going to keep using them moving forward. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, of course. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed at this time. And if you're ready to up-level your coaching skill set and learn how to confidently coach at the transformational PCC level in order to help your clients get bigger breakthroughs and better results, then join our Born to Coach Training Academy at buildyourlifecoachingbiz.com forward slash certification. Thank you.